Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You were never dating him, right? You never had a relationship with him. We, well, any guy that I conceive a child with, I consider it dating. <laughs> yes, well, I believe we did date, okay. but it didn't get to like where we moved in together, mm-hmm. serious. This is the plaintiff, Danielle Michelle Andrews. She says the father of her child lied to the police and she was arrested and her child was taken from her. Her father placed her in the defendant's child care facility and the defendant has repeatedly denied her parental rights and slandered her good name. That's right, she refused to provide a mother with pertinent information regarding her child. And she's here in the good name of justice, suing for $10,000 for mental anguish and breach of parental rights. This is the defendant, Valencia Randall Walker. She says the plaintiff's child, Abigail, was enrolled in her daycare by her father and social services. The plaintiff had no rights to her child at that time. And because she had no custody, she was unable by law to give her any information. She just can't go around giving information about children to whoever comes to her facility. She refused to give any to the plaintiff. And, well, here they are. She's accused of being tight-lipped. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $10,000 for emotional distress and punitive damages. Okay. All parties, please get your What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. Be seated, come to order, please. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Okay, Ms. Andrews, you are suing on behalf of yourself and your minor daughter for $10,000 in mental anguish, pain and suffering, breach of your parental rights, emotional abuse, slander and defamation. You are the child's, are you still presently the child's uh, child care? No. All right, talk to me. Yes, Your Honor. I'm here because Ms. Randall Walker denied me access to my child. And she's the daycare provider. Why did you just put her in another daycare? Because my child's father enrolled her into the little people destined for greatness child care. Right. where Ms. Randall Walker is the director. You're going to have to give me a little background on what's going on between you and the child's father, okay? So let's start at the beginning. The child is how old right now? Two and a half years old. Okay. When the child was first born, was he, the father acknowledging her as his child? No, Your Honor. In fact, you had to get a DNA testing, court-ordered DNA testing, correct? Yes, Your Honor. And then after that, he wanted to be part of the child's life, or so he said. Yes, Your Honor. And then what happens? Because one fine day, you go over to where he is, and uh, it doesn't go so well. Tell us about that. 
Yes, Your Honor. 20 days after we established paternity. And by that point, the child was how old? Around eight and a half months old. Okay. During court on February the 6th, 2018, he took my telephone number and said that he was going to go out and get a phone that same day to contact me regarding the child, as it had been throughout the whole pregnancy, and our child is now eight months old, that I had been trying to make contact with him to get help with our child. So when he said that same day, I understood the urgency of, you know, going out right away to get a telephone so that he can contact me regarding our child because it had been over one year that I had been waiting. So one day passed, two day passed, one week, two weeks. Come February the 26th, 2018, 20 days later, I said, well, I'm going to go and stop by to see why haven't he called to check on our child, as he mentioned, in okay. court. So let's talk about a couple things. You know where he lives? Yes. You were never dating him, right? You never had a relationship with him. We, well, any guy that I conceive a child with, I consider it dating. <laughs> yes, well, I believe we did date. Okay. But it didn't get to, like, where we moved in together, serious. Right, right, right. Um, he, however at this point in time, did not want you coming around to his work, to his home, to his et cetera. He felt that you were popping by unannounced a bit much, right? Because he called the police and he got a restraining order, right? Yes, ma'am. That was after the fact, though. Okay. So, so when you go that day, what happens? You end up getting arrested for domestic violence. Yes. And the domestic violence was that you had an eight-month-old and you grabbed his arm? There was some physical, unconsented physical contact, yes. Just the grabbing of an arm or something more? No, just the grabbing of the you arm. You grabbed his arm and the baby was where, in your arms? No, in the car with a relative. So you grabbed his arm and they took your baby, they arrested you and took your baby away? Yes. Okay, now normally I would look at you and say, you're a liar, that couldn't have happened, except for that I've read everything. So I know that's what happened. They literally arrested you, put you in jail, and when you got out, DCF had already decided that they were taking your baby. They gave the baby to the dad, the one who isn't involved in anything. That's what they did, right? Yes, yes Your Honor. I'm in shock. I'm in shock. And I understand you have a prior. He has a prior, too. Both of you have priors for physical, something physical, either a battery, an assault, or, or a domestic. But he, has, he actually has one for domestic violence. And I have read all of it, so I'm, that, you know, this has nothing to do with you. But I, I'm, I'm just in shock that it took, it ended up taking how many months before, you, you only had supervised visits. It took them how many months before you had joint custody of your daughter? Joint custody of your daughter. Tell me, how many months? 19 months. Nine months. I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe you if I hadn't read it. Anyway, let's talk about what's actually in front of me. During those months, the child is in child care with you, mm -hmm. correct? Yes. What's the custody status right now? Joint 50-50, legal and joint physical custody. Okay. And so how does it work out? We're doing one week on and one week off. Right now? Well, as of now, there's been an emergency situation, there's been a change in circumstances where the custody order is still active, but 
I had a file a restraining order against my child's father and my daughter is listed on the restraining order. So as of February the 28th, 2020, he hasn't seen the child. The visitation exchanges have been stopped until our court hearing on March the 20th. And what happened that caused you to file a restraining order? My child's father assaulted me. How? Physically. How? He punched me and, and with another person, they punched me several times and uh, put his hands around my throat and pulled my hair. Were there any witnesses? Yes. Did you contact the police? Yes, I did, Your Honor. Did he get arrested? He, he was not um, caught at the scene. They're still investigating it. Okay. All right. Now, let's talk about uh, the defendant. She, at the time, you have no custody of your child, and the child gets put in daycare and was in that daycare for how long totally? Approximately about 18 months. Okay. So quite a while. Yeah. Right. So I assume you developed a relationship with the kid. Yes. And you liked the kid. Yes. And I imagine you developed a relate, uh, you know, not a, you know, you had a rapport with the father as well because the father's a, is the father doing pick up and drop off or no? Actually, girlfriend. Didn't. Girlfriend. Was yeah. <laughs> All right. So, when is the first time that you meet her? You hear of her? Or you hear from her? Um, October of two thousand and eighteen. And the the child I mean, had been 19. with you by then for how long? Over a year. That's the first time you hear from her? And yeah. what does she say? The first time she called me on a Saturday, and I immediately hung up on her when, when she told me who she was, because you, usually in DCFS cases, the parent, the offending parent is not supposed to know where the child is, number one. She called. I got, con you know, a little concerned. What did so she say on the phone? Oh, hi, I'm Danielle Andrews. I know that she attends your daycare, and I'm like, oh, never heard of her click because I didn't know what was going on. You're not supposed to identify where the child is. Go exactly. Ahead. So she called back and she left a message. So that was it. Then I talked to the father um, because he was telling me about the, the joint custody temporarily um, trying it from October to December, I believe okay, it was. Okay, but that was court ordered, that, right? That, Did he tell you it was court ordered? No. He says it was a trial period. From this day to... All right. And did you have a court order for joint custody as of when? As of September the 18th, 2019, Your Honor. Okay. So about a month before or three weeks before I contact Ms. Okay. So did you send her the court order? I asked her over the telephone to come to the daycare, first of all, to give her the paper. For you to be able to come to the daycare. She doesn't want you... To, why don't you just send her, email her the court order, take a picture of it and send it to her. So she starts to deal with you and knows that you're allowed to get information. I did email her and I was not sure. The reason why I did not email the copy of our court order is because- So she never saw a court order? I am not sure, she should have. No, according to you, you never saw it. So she says she didn't. The father of your baby is not gonna bother because it's not in his best interest. So really, there's only one person who can get the court order into her hands and prove that you're entitled to information. That's you. So you never got her the court order. When I met Miss Randall Walker on November the 8th How did you meet person, her? Where did you meet her? She surprised me and showed up at an exchange at the Lakewood Sheriff's Station where we do our exchanges. And you and the father of the baby do the exchange at the Sheriff's Department? Yes. Yes. 
And I asked her to accept my court documents at that time. And she said no, because anybody could get those documents. So she's got court documents that show something. Why wouldn't you just take them then? She didn't give me any court documents. She didn't offer you any court documents. No. All right. Um, That's not true, So what's the game plan? If you know, because you know from him that there's joint custody going on, like, what does someone in your shoes do? I call the social worker. Oh, so you know who the social worker is? Yes. So then what did they do? They said the case is closed, basically. But it wasn't closed yet. Well, I talked to them in December. And what she told me was the case was closed. They're waiting on the final documents. And who has custody? They have joint custody. Right. So when do you learn from the social worker they have joint custody? December December. of 2019. When had she first contacted you? October of what? October 2019. Okay. And when did the child get removed from the daycare? I still do not know. My child's father is uncooperative. That's why. Wait, but you have the baby. You have the child now. I've been, no, we share 50, 50. Yeah, I know. But as of a few days ago, you have the child. Yes, but this is temporary. Just okay. When, when did the kid, when did the kid stop going to the daycare? Beginning of December. Okay. So he's the one who made that decision. Yeah. I told him. Okay. This but wrong. you were unhappy with her because at the hearing, she testified on behalf of your husband that since you popped into the scenario, the child was not doing as well and that the child had regressed. Correct. Yes, and also I have an e Miss Randolph. Which is when you filed this lawsuit for $10,000 when she testified, after she testified. No, she never actually testified that we didn't get she that get, far. But, but you know that's what she, that's the report she issued, right? Yes, yeah. Your Honor, but Miss Randolph Walker. And then after the report was issued and that comes up in court, that's when you filed the lawsuit. No, I filed the the lawsuit two days before she showed up as a witness. But I have evidence that Ms. Randall Walker will not return any phone calls or she would not um, reply to any email. Okay, but here's here's the thing. You're asking for $10,000 because someone doesn't respond to your phone calls and give you information. Why don't you just take the child out of the daycare? I had no authority to do so because my job. Then why don't you just get the court order to her so she knows that you're no longer the problem? By she, December, when she knows you're not the problem, because did you call the, the worker or the social worker? Or did she call you? I called her. And why didn't you call her earlier, like in October? I did. And um, when you called her in October, what did she tell you? Basically, they can't discuss what's going on with the case. But, but, in, but by October, we know she had joint custody. How do you find out whether you're supposed to talk to the parent? Oh, I, I don't know if she provided me with the documentation. And you say she's lying when she says she tried to give you documentation no, in person. she didn't give me that. If you can't figure out how to mail her the documentation, I'm having trouble thinking you carry it in your purse. Your Honor, there was a... Re- but either way, let's assume you gave her the documentation. Let's assume that you emblazoned it in laser engraving in her eyeballs. Why would someone who is the child care worker for your child, who just says, I can't talk to you, you're the subject of a, 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 for the last 18 months of a trip, and won't talk to you, have to owe you 10 grand for that. Your remedy is take the child out of that child care. You have joint custody. You, You can go to court and say, hey, I can't get information from her. You know, when you're in court all those times, why don't you pipe up and tell the judge, I can't get information from her. I don't want her going to that daycare anymore. Because, okay, number or one. Or stop taking the child to that daycare while the child's in your custody. 
I never you take her I wanted to know that. Okay. when the child yeah. is in my custody. She only goes for the two weeks when she's in her father custody. Once we became co-parent, once I, we got joint custody. Two weeks a month, you mean? Yeah, right. once we got joint custody. Right. When I was on unsupervised visits due to the false allegations of my child. Well, they're not father. even false. He says you grabbed his arm and you did. I no, mean, but, but it was consensual. But that's a different story. I, mean, but I, don't, I gotta be honest with you. Your honor. I, I gotta be honest with you. You grab the guy's arm. I was a prosecutor for 10 years. Yes, you shouldn't grab the guy's arm. But the okay, Stop talking and listen. I'm saying something in your favor and you still can't stop talking. I, this is the persistence that ended you. You know, the, the, you gotta know when to pull back in life. That's how you ended up in this situation. But the idea that grabbing someone's arm could take their child away from them for it's just astounding to me. What I mean by false statements is the statements that he made to the police in the police report and the statements that he made on what his What are those statements? Details relating to the incident and witness statements. He made two different statements pertaining to Did the he say you did something worse than grab the arm? Mm, I no. know. That's the that's There's a part other, I can't get away from. Like the All right, let's talk about your lawsuit. You want her to pay you $10,000. What legal obligation did she breach? Did she hurt your child? Did she not care for your child? Was she negligent with your child? You know, you're, you're, you are, you feel like there's some law that requires her to talk to you, but there isn't. Your remedy, if somebody who is taking care of your kid won't talk to you, is to not let your kid go there. You could have raised with the court, hey, listen, he can't take her to that childcare unless I get to hear, unless I can communicate because I have half custody. And that didn't happen. Your yeah. remedy is to send her, you know, the court order that shows that you have, it all happened in the space of a couple of weeks where all of a sudden he stops bringing her to her. Um, that doesn't entitle you to 10 grand. I realize it makes you angry. I realize that you have felt really disenfranchised from your child's life and that, it's wrong, and I'm not so sure that I disagree with you based on the facts as I see them, but in any event, that doesn't mean she owes you 10 grand. You have a counterclaim against her for what? You're What's the false reporting, emotional distress, and punitive damages? Well, she didn't falsely report. She said exactly what was making her angry, that she's not getting information. Mm -hmm. How's that false? It's inconvenient for you it that you had to deal with the inspector, but tough. Yeah. You know, because it's a situation where she was the parent. Yeah. Your Honor, I have a letter from my DCFS social worker where I did try to have my child stop going and address it with the court, but okay. they never did anything about it. Okay, and, and so, so that's good. And, you did what you could do. And it, but here's the thing. The scenario you are describing where she is being uber cautious doesn't entitle you to 10 grand. Wait, hold she on. has to be violating a legal, a legal obligation on her part. Can I tell you and, my... Yeah, my daughter want would be, has been crying because she want me to come into her childcare. She know that I do, do not go there, and then she talk about the other parents, uh, the other children's parents, and how they be involved at the childcare. My 92 year old grandmother got involved as well, and my grandmother passed away the last day of the year. And how does that entitle you to 10 grand from this lady? This is a very she, unfortunate she situation. She's caused me emotional and mental anguish yeah, for three no, whole months. No, and no, then the, no, no, because what you do is you take the court order and you tell her, look, I have joint custody. Let me show I you did. the court. She, no. she threatened her Then send charges. a certified copy to her. She, 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 we're talking about two months. You're we're talking it. about, stop. 
on your lawsuit against her, zero. You need to focus. What about focus on what matters now. Focus. Focus. Don't let yourself get so crazy about things that you are unfocused, okay? Focus on what matters now. You are not entitled to have her pay you 10 grand because she wouldn't talk to you. Stop talking. And you are not entitled to 10 grand because she complains about something that is exactly what she's complaining about. She didn't lie on you. She didn't say you beat her kid. She didn't do anything that's false. She reported you for exactly what she felt she could report you for. Mm -hmm. And so if you get investigated for it, maybe next time you try a little harder to figure out what the facts are rather than just believing the dad. Okay, and I, I, you know, it's kind of strange to me that something so easy, all that has to happen is that a certified copy. Let's assume that she says you never even tried to give it to her. When I said, did you mail it to her? You're like, no. Okay. well, a certified court copy that shows that you have joint custody that I would this wouldn't happen to me. I would have gotten that to her and would have sent it FedEx so I had, you know, proof that she got it. And then I would tell her, I am, you know, we're going to have a problem. I'm going to report you. If you don't talk to me, I'm the parent. I'm allowed to be there, you know, whatever it is. But instead what happens is for two months, you can't visit your daughter at the daycare and that's supposed to translate to 10 grand? No, no. I wanted to also take a tour of the you daycare. Lost. You lost. What about the defamation and the slander? You lost. For her showing you up You lost. Court? And you need to accept when things don't go your way. I understand, but what about verdict the Verdict for the defendant on your lawsuit against her and verdict for the plaintiff on your lawsuit against her. We're done. Move forward. So in these competing $10,000 lawsuits, neither party wins their case. Ms. Andrews, I feel sorry for you, but you heard what the judge had to say. What are you thinking right now? I'm shocked because Ms. Randall Walker denied me and my child our bonding rights for three entire months. And Ms. Randall Walker, when I contacted her, she told me that she was going to get in contact with my social worker and call me back. So why would I um, go mailing her any documents when, number one, she had made a stipulation and a verbal agreement for me to wait, and she gave me instructions for her to call my social worker and then that she'll call me back. And then, and then after that, she start, she threatened harassment charges. So I, I felt, you know, to take it up with the court as opposed to trying to deal directly with her. Well, it just didn't work here in this court. You know, you may have some case in a different court, but not in small claims court against her. So I'm sorry, but what that's kind the judge's decision. Court? Well, I'm not sure. You might need to have some legal help, okay? Okay. I'm sorry. I hope things work out for you. I know it's been tough, and I know how you feel. But that's it. Okay? Thank you very much. Ms. Randall Walker, she's had a tough road, you know? Yeah, she has. And I feel sorry for her, but what can you do? You know? I'm only a child care provider. Okay. She's, well, you heard what she had to say. Yeah. My heart goes out to her. Okay. Thank you very much. Good enough. Okay. Pretty complicated case, Harvey. What do you think? Look, Doug, communication is critical in these lawsuits. All the plaintiff really had to do was submit these documents to the defendant, and all the confusion could have been wrapped up. That will do it for this case. Litigants, for the next case on the way into the courtroom, right now. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, 
Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot This is the plaintiff, Leonard Spina. He says he sold his double-wide trailer home to the defendant and a sneaky woman, turned on the electricity in his name under his old account, and he's been paying for her power for more than a year. He tried to speak with the defendant, and she ignored him. He also sent her a certified letter. She refuses to pay, and he's here suing her. For the $1,149.95, he's most definitely owed. the defendant, Judith McNamara. She says the electricity was working when she moved in. And when it went off, she simply called the company to turn it on again. Now, a year later, the plaintiff's claiming he's been unfairly paying her electric bill and didn't know it? Sounds fishy to her. And she owes nothing. She's accused of stealing juice. Okay, all parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says he sold his trailer to the defendant and the defendant was supposed to put the electric in her name, but never didn't. He got charged. The defendant says the plaintiff should have noticed it. So tough. It's the case of not my power problem. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, man. Okay. So you sold your double wide trailer to the defendant back when? August 23rd, 19th, 2017. Does that sound right? Yes. Okay, and when you sold it to her, did you shut off the electricity that you had going there? I waited till the closing date. Right. And then I turned it off. Well, yeah. All right, and then um, you move in on what day? Two days after Irma, I believe September 15th, perhaps. Okay. Right after the hurricane. Right. So how did the um, double wide fare during the hurricane? It was fine. Good. And so you move in, and is there electricity? Electricity, water, everything was working. Okay. And so as someone who just bought something, did you call the electric company, the water company, and have them turn everything in your name so the bills would come to you? Probably not. Right. (laughs) So apparently it was being automatically deducted from your account. Yes, ma'am. When did you finally figure out they were doing that? In December of 2018. Okay, and how did you figure it out? I kept calling the power company every month, wondering why I was getting this double bill out of my checking account. And so was you told noticed right away that they were deducting twice or with, not really With right my away. health, I didn't happen to, okay. to look into it. That's why no, it's, good for you that you're not like bouncing checks over that amount, but right. go ahead. Well, they did. <laughs> she did. All year long and you didn't know why? <laughs> I hadn't planned on the... Uh, Extra deduction from the account, <clears throat> so checks right. bounce. So uh, it because um, all right. So you call them, then you figure it out, and then do you call her and say, "Hey, I didn't have a phone number for her." All right. Do you write her? I visited her first, and then I wrote her first class. Wait, wait. When you visited her, what happened? No one answered the door. Okay. And then I sent her a first class mail. Then I sent her a certified letter, which she refused to sign for. Okay. All right. So well, he's trying to reach you. Do you know he's trying to reach you? No, and we do have an office there, and everyone in the office knew me, so he could have gone directly to the office. I did sign for and receive a letter from him. Okay, and what did the letter say? 
Oh boy. Um, I eventually tossed it that he'd been paying all this time. And my thought was, why? <laughs> why are you paying when he Well, that's a good question. How do you not notice it in all this time? You know exactly. what else is another yeah, good he, question? How do you not notice you're not paying an electric bill all that time? Three months after I moved in, my only child, my son, died. I'm I very wasn't sorry thinking to hear of that. anything. I mean, I just went on. I paid what came. I got second notices on some things. I managed to get them off before I, anything else was turned off. It didn't occur to me. One day, my electricity went off. I called the company, and I said, my electricity's off. What's wrong? And she asked for my address, and she said, you don't have electricity. So she turned it on, and then I started paying the bills. So I assumed the office was No, but was you didn't pay the electric it. bills. Did you hmm? pay electric bills? Yeah. Oh, let me see the proof of that. Then it's a matter that FPL billed twice. Show me the proof that you paid any no, electric no. bills. I paid when the electricity was, sh was shut off. You paid a what? A year later. I called them and I oh, said, you year. shut off my electricity. Yeah, that's by the time. That's, so it's post-December 2018 when he's yelling at FPL saying, guys, I told you I was moving. And FPL didn't say, oh, our, my, our bad, we have a record of you canceling the electricity? No. No, because they don't have a record of you canceling the electricity. Maybe you forgot to cancel. Either way, this is electrical usage. After August 25th, any electrical usage is, on, is stuff you used. Why right. would you not have to pay it? Because he took too long to catch it? No, I just didn't know I wasn't paying it. I've been paying it since they turned it on. Right, then I you've get been paying it since okay. when? 2018, late 2018, yeah. 2019? Yeah. So you've now noticed that you never paid it that whole year and you got a free ride on him. Why right. have you not made an effort to say to him, okay, you know, why are you calling this fishy as opposed to? Oh, I'm, I'm not. No, no, no. Okay, I so perfectly he's understand. right. It happened to me when I left Philadelphia. The same exact thing. I didn't turn it off and they were using it. Oh, oh. So. Oh, well, then why, why in your answer heat. to the complaint do you say, I don't know the money and I wish he'd realize it sooner? I didn't say that. So what is your defense? I don't have a defense. Okay, I got you. All right. So what we're going to do is I'm looking at the bill that you've provided. It's a little less than what you're saying because you have two dates there that precede the closing. So I'm taking those out, and I'm finding in your favor in the amount of $1,044.59, which takes us until December of 2018, which is when they really, really took you off, right? So that's $1,044.59. Okay? Verdict for the plaintiff. Well, since the defendant, Ms. McNamara, had no defense, the plaintiff wins. <laughs> Ms. McNamara, you lose. Yes. What are you thinking? It was just, I owed the money. I just didn't have it when he sent me the letter. Okay. Thank you very Thank much. You. you must sign a few documents. You have the judgment against you now. Mr. Spina, you're finally going to get your money, yes, I think. I am. You feel better now? I feel a lot better. I mean, was it... Was it tough to, to file a lawsuit against her? It was. It just took forever to do it. And finally, I was able to file the lawsuit, serve her, and so on and so forth. And time just kept passing. Yeah. But uh, it, was, it was a worry. Okay. Well, no worries anymore. Okay. okay. Thank you so Congratulations, much. Congratulations, sir. The door is that way. That'll wrap it up, Harvey. Well, Doug, I mean, if ever there was a case that made it clear, when you move out of a place and somebody else is supposed to take responsibility for utilities, make sure it is put in their name. And that will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. 
This is the plaintiff, Wayne Vautrin. He says he brought his van to the defendant for repairs. And the guy faked his inspection so it would pass. But by doing so, he could have been killed. He had three rotted tires on the car. He paid him for an alignment, which is impossible to do with rotten tires. And he's here suing for a refund of the $690 he wasted paying this guy. This is the defendant, Steve Nicosia. He says the plaintiff brought him this 25-year-old beat-up van and told him to take a look at it for him, but he didn't want to spend a lot of money on it. He replaced one rotten tire, did an alignment and an inspection, and it passed. Six months later, he comes back claiming his other three tires were rotted out and demanded a refund. Huh? He did what he was hired to do, was paid, and that's that. He's accused of doing only half the job. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff wants a refund from the defendant who did some work on his van. The van passed inspection, uh, but the plaintiff says there are other problems. The defendant says it's a 25-year-old van. The plaintiff should be grateful it passed inspection at all. It's the case of fake it till you make it. Okay, Mr. Vautrin. Yes. All right. You brought your truck to what kind? What is it? A van? You a brought van, your van, van to the defendant's automotive place in order to get some repairs done. It's a 1995, wow, van. It's older than my oldest child. Okay. <laughs> um, and what kind of work did you pay him to do? Oh, I paid him. The van needed a uh, needed a wipe. The wipers weren't working. It needed a filler tube for the gas tank. And, base, and uh, it veered off to the right, and the inspection was overdue. Okay. And so did he do those things? Did he align it? Did he give it the inspection and pass it? And did he do the other work? Well, basically, I told him I didn't want to spend a lot of money on a van. I said, if it needs a lot of money, I don't, want, I don't want to have anything done. And so basically, he called me later. That basically... Did uh, he do those four things you mentioned, or five, whatever it was? Did he do them? Do you have any know, evidence he didn't do them? Well, I have a lot of evidence he never did the wheel alignment. It shouldn't have been done. Why not? Because the ball joints are bad and the tires were like on the verge of just blowing out. So you feel like he charged you for a wheel alignment that what? That wasn't going to work? The wheel alignment shouldn't have been done, Your Honor. And also, Why not? Because the ball joints were bad on the right, van. Right, you're saying that. Do you have anything from another mechanic who says that work should not have been done or that work wasn't done or that work wasn't done right? I can give you a story on it. I brought, I brought the van to him, but, and he, did the, he said he did the work. And I asked him a second time. You sure there's nothing else wrong with the van? He said, no, everything's good. Okay, so hold on one second. It's a 25-year-old van. I mean, you know. But, yeah, but when but did still. he have the work? Did you do the work on the van? Uh, that would be, I believe, September 9th he came in. September 9th of 2019? 2019, yes. Okay. And you are able to drive the van after he... No, no. Why not? What happened is I, I drove the van back home. It was still pulling to the right. Oh, why didn't you drive right back then? Because I was almost home, and it wasn't that bad. I figured I'd take care of it later. How are you going to take care of it later? You just paid the guy to take care of it. Well, I bring it back to him and say the van had, but that's not even the main part of it, Your Honor. Okay, I'll decide what the main I part know, of it the is. Main... I'm asking you questions. Right. When I, I don't need you to mansplain. Right. I need you to answer. Right. When I ask you, that is a relevant factor mm. for me, and I'm going to tell you why. Mm. Because if it's true, your first step would be to call him. Did you call him that day? When's the next time you hear from him? January 6, 2020. Correct. Mm. And we're talking about a three-month span of time. Mm. So if it was pulling immediately, one would think that your first step would be to call him. 
Why did he not hear from you in three months? Well, it wasn't pulling that bad, Your Honor, and that's not even the main part that was wrong with the van, but... That's good, because it's a part I'm not even going to consider. Okay. Because it you doesn't know. sound plausible, but go ahead. Well, I... Anyway, basically, we had the van for three months, and I went to move it around the yard to start it, and it wouldn't start, so I brought it up to the local gas station, and, and uh, he held it for a week, then he calls me on the phone, he says, you got the brake line just blew in the parking lot. So I says, you got to come and see it. The brake line what? The brake line of the van blew in the service station's parking lot. So he basically Meaning said, when he was testing when it? Or? The, the mechanic at the... It was, when he was testing when it, it blew no, in the middle of testing around, it? He was moving around to move, to move it to another spot at the brake okay. line blew. So he says, you got to come down and take a look at this. So I came down, take a look at this, and he showed me the brake line was rotted away. All the tires on the van were dry rotted to the point it, they, it shouldn't have hold there. He inspected the van. He should have saw the tires were all rotted out. The brake line was rotted out. And then the mechanic took me in front and shows me the ball joints. And he's going up and down with the ball joints on the car. So, and he says, and the tires on the front were all rotted out. The, the one tire that was remaining, he put one new tire on the car. And the... Uh, okay. Here, here's, when you come to court and you file a lawsuit against yeah. someone, you're saying they had a legal obligation to do something and they breached it. What right. was the legal obligation he Inspecting had to do? Inspecting the van and the van should never pass inspection. He had okay. A and he, now I'm going to need you to prove what you just said. Do you have from, uh, I don't even know how you would when it's three months later. Do you, like, for you to be able to say what you're saying, somebody else would have in, had to have inspected the van right after and said, this can't pass inspection, and say he's a terrible inspector and he did that, you know, Your just Honor. to be able to have... Are you listening? I'm listening. Are you? Yeah. Okay. He did that just to be able to, you know, to snake you out of $690. I would need to see something from another mechanic who's an inspector who would say that. The first mechanic to look at this is three months later. Hmm. Three months later. So this bought you three more months of life for the, for the camp, for whatever this is, the van. Um, so I think that the basis of your lawsuit is, hey, if that guy was a professional, he would have looked at it and said, ah, not worth doing. That's what you're really saying, right? That he should have looked at it and said, this is such a disaster. Don't bother to pay me anything. Don't fix anything on it. Is that it? I told him again, Your Honor. I told him, look the van over really good. I want to put a lot of money into the van. I know. You're He's, the guy who doesn't want to put a lot of money. Right. We've established that. Did you tell him nothing else is wrong with your 25-year-old van? I did not. Right, because something else went wrong three months later, okay? So how is that his fault? No, that, that was a pre-existing existing condition. When he inspected the van, he should have saw the brake lines were rotted, and he should have saw the tires were bad. I should have been did informed you, of that. Did you tell him anything about his tires? Did you tell him anything it, about his brake line? Did you tell him anything about any of the other stuff he's complaining about? The brake lines did have some rot, but by DMV's, New York State DMV's rules, if they're not actively leaking, it passes inspection. Okay. He needed one tire to pass inspection. The other tires were not in great shape, but you need at least one tear one inch tear of dry rot to, to be able fail. to be able to reject it. Right. Only one was that bad. And that so means I what? You don't flunk them tires. for one bad tire? You could fail them for one bad tire, but I sold them one tire. I would have loved to sell three more. Okay. But we did one tire to pass oh, the inspection. Oh, so you replaced the one tire that, that was failed. in question. Okay. Right. And then, the, you know, by then the, that passed. And then I also have another printout from New York State DMV that ball joints are not part of inspection. We're done. <clears throat> My verdict in this case is for the defendant. You are basically like anybody else who has a 25-year-old car. You, you do some work, 
And then later on, it turns out that you were throwing good money after bad, maybe, because the car is now 25 years old. Now it needs a bunch of other work. And you are literally reaching back into history to tell a guy who fixed your, your, your van three months ago that, hey, you know what? On second thought, I probably shouldn't have done that. Give me back my money. No. Can I show you the pictures no, of the car? No, you cannot. Run? So the plaintiff fails to prove his case. That didn't go too well for you, Mr. Veteran, did it? Well, I feel sorry for the next person that he inspects the van. Do you think when you told him you didn't want to spend a lot of money that, that he got the impression you didn't want to spend anything that was unnecessary? Well, I should have been told about the rider brake lines and the tires were all bad. You can't pass an inspection on tires that are bad. Well, according to him, the other three were not that bad. I got pictures that they were. Well. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Thank right. you very much, sir. Thank you very All right. Much. You must yeah. sign some documents on your way out of the courtroom. Mr. Nicosia, you feel okay about this? I do. I mean, do you, do you get charged like this often? No, not often. Usually they don't complain when they pass their inspection. And and do you think you did the proper job, though, for Absolutely. him? Absolutely. I, I followed a letter of New York State law. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're off the hook. Harvey? Got to say, Doug, that it is really hard to prove who did what to a 25-year-old man. It is unclear, and that's why it's so hard to win a case like this.